episode uh 43 and uh we are here with my friend crystal demopolis your nickname's vanessa that's my middle name and that's oh. what i go by oh okay yeah. you like it better than crystal yeah i okay. go by vanessa crystal's pretty good crystal's all right it's all right it's just you just know not into it that much <laughs> like growing up my family called me vanessa mm -hmm. so that's like more uh, comforting to me yeah so so you had a pretty interesting upbringing um, I heard about. I just I, I didn't go into it too much, but what was it like? What was your upbringing like? You got raised kind of in the dance, dance. Uh... Dancing industry, yeah. So I was an exotic entertainer for 13 years. But um, growing up, like my dad was a DJ and my mom was a dancer herself. Mm -hmm. And that's like how they met. So when I turned 18 and I was like, oh, like, I'm going to start dancing. My dad was like, oh, man. Uh, fuck. Fuck. Let me, let me show you how. I'll like, DJ you. Yeah. <laughs> so he, you know, helped me to be a professional in the industry versus, like, doing all the crazy partying lifestyle and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, instead of falling into those traps. I mean, I'm sure it's just, like, because... The girls probably love some cocaine, right? Oh, yeah. MDMA, yeah. too, or Molly, or? Oh, I'm sure they do it all. all I'm of sure it. they do it all. <laughs> yeah, I bet you have a bunch of good stories. So you, you started dancing from 18 to how old? Until I was 33. Sweet. Yeah. At I, the same club? No, no. I danced at clubs all around the country. So, um, you know, headlined in some of them. In, like, New York, I opened up a very main club out there um, called Sapphire when they opened up their location on 34th. Um, I danced at, like, KOD in Miami, um, you know, like the Tootsies in Miami. I danced over at uh, Magic City in Atlanta. Yeah. At Magic City? Dang. Yeah. yeah. Um, I danced in Vegas at Hustler. They've actually sponsored me for some of my fights. Sweet. So like I have sports bras that say like Larry Flint's Hustler Club. So did your mom retire yet? Oh yeah. No, she was, she was done dancing when I was super young still. Uh -huh. Yeah. Damn. So that's pretty cool. So re when was the first time you saw your mom dance? And Oh, I never got to see my mom dance, uh -huh. but, um, and I never got to watch my dad DJ mm -hmm. either, but like my dad always used to come into the clubs and stuff and like watch me dance just cause like he'd be there like hanging out and mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Damn. So that's pretty cool. My whole family too. Not just my dad, like my grandfather, like my aunts, my great aunts, like they'd come in and stuff and I'd be competing in pole dancing and my sister would throw money at me. Like. Damn, that's badass. <laughs> Um, so you started dancing at 18. What age did you start jujitsu? I didn't start jujitsu until I was like 23. Mm -hmm. I started off in Muay Thai when I was 21. Yeah. And then we like helped uh, build an MMA gym and mm -hmm. they kind of like pushed me into jujitsu because they're like, oh, you have to start training for MMA. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, forget that. Like I'll just head kick people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then so when you've I always started, been pretty feisty. I, I'm very aggressive. Right. Yeah. yeah, my whole life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what What made you want to go into the Jiu-Jitsu Academy? Or uh, we helped to build an MMA gym uh -huh. back when I was in Columbus, Ohio. So we had a Muay Thai gym that we were at, and then um, 
Yeah, when we built the MMA gym, uh, we brought in a professor from Brazil. Mm -hmm. And he like lived on my couch for six months, didn't even speak English. But um, and then I started slowly kind of coming into jujitsu. I didn't want to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I like cried for six months. Like, After getting tapped out a couple times, you'd get pissed. Man, no. Yeah. Forget that. I'm like little like and yeah. all the dudes were really big uh -huh. and I was the only chick and I'm just like so frustrated and I'm so yeah. feisty and I'm like, oh, like. <laughs> yeah. Especially guys. Guys don't really, a lot of guys don't know really have to, how to roll with newer girls. Right. They just beat the fuck out of them. It's like, hey, dude. <laughs> It pisses me off when they do that too. But uh, do you ever any, get in any like fights at the strip joint? Yeah, yeah. With chicks or guys? Most uh, never with the chicks. Mm -hmm. Always with the guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I never really had to fight the girls, honestly, because like even before I was a fighter, I've always been like very built. Yeah. Um, athletic. So very athletic. Like I played football in school. Mm -hmm. You know, like in middle school, and then skateboarded all through high school, and so I've always always kind of stacked. And then um, I was very athletic in the pole dancing, which is what translated. That's actually how I got into fighting in the first place. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, but then like customers would either be too handsy or they'd try to rip me off and I'd have to chase them down because Damn. the bouncers aren't doing their job. Then I'd have to choke them out. So sometimes like <laughs> they'd get too horned up and you'd sit, say no, and then they'd keep going. Yeah. Well, yeah. I had like this like this like wax on, wax off kind of technique, right? Where mm -hmm. like I'd like gently reposition their hands uh -huh. and they'd find a way to gently reposition their hands yeah. and I'd be like, okay, okay. And if they started getting more aggressive and abrasive, then I'd have to like manipulate them uh -huh. and then you choke them out. Fucking neck. Yeah. <laughs> um, so sometimes they'd try to stiff you after. So after oh, that's when they're supposed to pay you, they're just they're just like, nah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre-fighter, I've done some gangster shit. Uh -huh. Like before I was a fighter, this one time, I remember I was in Detroit and uh, dude stiffed me off like a few hundred bucks. And I was like, all right, give me your shoe. And he's like, okay. He went to go give me both. I'm like, no, no, give me one. So dude walked out with one shoe <laughs> and it's like, you're going to go home. You're going to think about me. Cause like now you got one missing shoe, you know, I'd hold on to people's like wedding rings, like their watches until like they left to come pay. Cause an ID, like you can go buy another $20 ID. Yeah. But like, if you're missing something, like That's you're going to think about it. Yeah. So do the girls get catty very much at those, at those joints or do you try to stick steer clear from that? <laughs> Cattiness is the name of the game. Is it? Yeah. Dang, That's I a bet. shark tank, man. Dude, I bet. Yeah. Like, they're friendly, but it's like, uh, you know, like, they're always kind of waiting to for you to slip up. You mm. know, like, they want you to not do well. You're there so to hustle. They're, you're there to hustle, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're not really all, like, friends and stuff, mm -hmm. you know? So is there anything you kind of miss about it or don't miss about it at all? <sighs> man. Um, honestly, I miss, like dancing in general like i have a pole in my living room now uh -huh. so like i still get to like have fun and get that out but i miss like being on stage and just like performing like i'm a i'm a performer really like i'm an entertainer uh -huh. you know yeah like i miss that like i miss people just like throwing money at me just to smile like hell yeah yeah like what positive reinforcement you know like yeah. that like that's kind of life-giving in a little bit you yeah. know like you're just sitting up there just like living your best life just doing you and people are just like throwing money at you and you're like oh okay cool you yeah, know i guess i'll awesome. do that again <laughs> yeah <laughs> they uh this place right next door that the, it's like the little uh uh 
like thrift store right here. Uh-huh. He's moving out, and a, a pole dancing instructor lady might be moving in there. Oh, nice. So I'm like, that's perfect. Yeah. I've tried to do um, – I actually got certified to be a pole instructor at one point. Mm-hmm. And then I was, like, trying to get jobs um, to be an instructor, you know, the same way that you're a jiu-jitsu instructor. Uh-huh. And no one would hire me. And I'm like, what the heck? They're like, well, you need, like, pole dancing background versus like being a stripper background i'm like but i have on the job experience like Mm -hmm. yeah so when did you have you always had like uh because you're pretty ripped and i could tell you have like a lot of healthy habits when did you start those what age i would say that i started those when i was 21 when i started healthy learning to eat healthy yeah uh before that i was just eating like pizza fast food taco bell every day cookies at nighttime and i still only weighed like 104 pounds the jeans, huh? Yeah. But it was like the minute I started eating healthy, my weight blew up to what it is now. It was like almost instant. Like mm. I didn't recognize my body. It was almost like waiting for proper nutrition. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize like not eating right was why I was so thin. You so know? who kind of taught you to eat better? My first coach. My oh, first MMA coach who was also the manager at the club that I worked at. Dang. Who was also my boyfriend. Uh, damn. So, yeah. damn that's pretty cool yeah we spent a lot of time in the same areas <laughs> yeah. yeah that's awesome yeah so what kind of stuff do you do uh uh i mean you have a pretty strict diet now do you like to eat perfect out of camp too or what kind of things do you like to splurge on man i do eat perfect out of camp do and you? yeah you that's just like it i yeah i like i like eating healthy i like feeling good it makes me happier mm-hmm. it gives me a lot more energy and um yeah i'm pretty high energy i'm high rev yeah yeah because you came in practice the other day and you said this was your third practice so sometimes that, you uh, yeah. get three workouts a day three or four yeah yeah four yeah the first time i came in that was my fourth one damn <laughs> and we impressive. went hard that day yeah <laughs> They were all, they were all coming for me because that was the first time I came here. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, okay, guys, ah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So you never been into you never got into any drugs or alcohol or anything. Oh yeah, I used to I used to definitely definitely um, have a lot of fun with some hallucinogens, you know. So mainly was, just hallucinogens. Yes. Mushrooms yes. and uh, acid. Yes. Yes. What age were you doing that? When I was like nineteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was like a full summer of just like going in with that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. How many at how many grams at one time did you take? You think? I, I don't know, Most. man. I don't know. You're just munching them. I just go in. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty wild. Pretty crazy. But that's like when I found fighting and like I smoked a lot of weed. I smoked a lot of cigarettes and. uh yeah, the, like when I started fighting, I was like, oh my gosh, like I almost died that first day. Not literally, but uh, you know, you feel like you're gonna. And mm-hmm. then um, I was like, all right, I'm either gonna take this serious and train or I'm never training again in my life, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm just gonna keep living the way I'm living because. So now you don't hit any drugs? No, never. Coffee? Oh, yes. But one cup That's in the morning. Time. That's it. Okay. Just one cup. Plain? No. Lots like, of sugar. Lots of sugar? Yes. <laughs> Lots of milk. Yeah. I like I like coffee and my milk and sugar, you know. Just two percent milk? Yeah. Yeah. Damn, yeah. so pretty basic with the yeah, coffee. Yeah. What about you? Do you like do you like to have fun and experiment a little bit on the in between? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We like our drugs. I mean we like earning <laughs> them too. I, okay. I, I do smoke weed every night usually when I've kinda earned it and got my, my day done. I like yeah. the weed. Yeah. And then when we go out and party, I don't really like the alcohol. That's okay. one of the things I'm like, fuck, it just Unless you're around some chicks and they're loosening up too. 
but I would prefer just doing a little bit of MDMA. Okay. Okay. Stay hydrated, wake up, not hungover. Okay. Um, so is that yeah. like, I've never done that one. So is that more of like a, like kind of like a wild hallucinogen or is that like a, you don't hallucinate at all. Probably the feeling. Okay. The feeling you get after you you've won your UFC fight, you get that feeling for a couple hours. Stop and it! And everyone around you, you want to hug, and you're like, "You're fucking awesome. You're completely coherent." Okay. Especially if it's like, yeah, good stuff. So you're, it's just like, wow, I feel fucking great. Damn. And it's not like cocaine where you're like just kind of anxious and stuff. It's, okay. I don't know. It's pretty fucking sweet. Okay. Okay. How often do you get to do that? Because that sounds we do like it every some... couple. I mean. For a while, I'd do it maybe once a year, twice a year. But, okay. I mean, these past couple months, we've been doing a little bit more. Uh -oh. But I don't think it's super healthy <laughs> to do all the time, like anything. I mean, I guess, that, like, how much scientific evidence is there really on what is and isn't healthy when it comes to that stuff, right? Because I well, feel like I, the happier you are, the better you are, like, all around and spiritually. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're doing a lot of research on it now. Okay. They're doing a lot of research on it, and it's coming out. It's helping people. Um get over um like depression and anxiety. like coming back from like, war yeah people that come back from war they they do some mdma stuff uh so yeah 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 so yeah we like to have a good time when we've earned it of course mm -hmm. of course and you earn it like rent is due every day you know like yeah. you continue to earn it like i see you in here you know like you're you have your gi on and then like you take the gi off i know that you're doing stuff in the mornings and everything mm -hmm. like you've got a pretty packed schedule too so like yeah. you earn that downtime yeah and it's not too packed my schedule is not too packed uh it's all the shit i'm doing throughout the day is stuff i want to do yeah which i'm thankful for man so. that's the life so yeah you, you don't have a boyfriend right now no you got a tinder Nah. Really? No yeah. swipes? No swipes, man. Swipe or no swiping. Really? Yeah. Have you ever swiped? I have. You didn't like I it? I have. You know, I was on like the hinge for a while. Uh -huh. Yeah. And like, I'd like go out on dates and I'm just like, so freaking bored. I'm like, ah, oh, like, ah, oh, I'd rather be training. Yeah. Like literally like I would, that's why like I don't even like dating because I'm just like, man, I, I'd rather just go back to the gym right now. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, dates are so hard. Did you get hit on quite a bit? No, not not as much as you'd think, to be honest with you. Never in stores or coffee shops or anything? I mean, I feel like I wish. I yeah. feel like I'd probably be dating someone if that was the case. Yeah. Maybe I like walk around looking too aggressive and dudes are like, oh, I don't know about her. Like yeah. that. So you don't have any friends or friends with benefits or anything, huh? No. Damn. Yeah, so you're yeah. just going solo. And you have no animals. No, and no animals. Yeah. I have like, I mean, I have friends, but I don't have like the friends with benefits. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like, of course I have friends. <laughs> But like I'm not getting laid right now, you yeah. know. So yeah. Your schedule's pretty much freed up to just train. Yeah, that's train it. Train and recover. That's it. That's what, it. What's kind of what kind of stuff do you really like to do when you're recovering? I love going hiking. Like I love being outside, and even if I'm not like hiking, like I'll just take a random trip to the mountains and just like sit enjoy appreciate freaking breathe you know yeah. yeah i like going to the movies and doing that kind of stuff and um i love dancing and you know i'll hop on the pole sometimes Even just because just I, I just feel like it That's you know sweet. i just want to uh -huh. yeah then like i'll set up my camera sometimes and just like play some music and just like do some crazy shit do you ever do any cold plunges or anything I need to. Have you I, ever tried? Or? I have, and I love it. You liked it? Yeah. How often do you get to cold plunge? 
Every night. Yeah? Yeah. Stop. I have it on my house. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's nice. Wow. I love it. Yeah. I fucking love it. Well, I hate it every night. I fucking hate it, especially when I'm doing a little smoke smoke. Um, but, I, I mean, anything tough like that, I feel like it's just adding to your mental toughness bank. Okay. Over and over and over. And I just feel good going to bed probably 5, 10 degrees cooler than usual. I was going to say, is it more of the actual cold plunge that makes you feel successful with it? Or is it because like you feel like you've overcome something and you're like, man, like that's a sense of accomplishment because yeah. I told myself I was going to and I did. Yeah, both. Yeah. Both. And I just sleep better. I mean, how long have you been in AZ? You've been here for one year? One year. And you live here now? I live here now. Wow. This Are you is liking home. it? I love it. It's fucking sweet. Especially if you like to hike. There's so much good hiking. Yes, huh? yes, yes. Because where were you living before? I was living in LA, but I love the beach. So this I like, nice. I miss the beach being here, you I know? Bet. Yeah. Like that was like the biggest thing. Like when I first got here, I was like, man, there's no freaking water. Because <laughs> every day during training, like I had the same like rigorous schedule out there, but I would stop at the beach for an hour in between my trainings, you mm -hmm. know? And like write a book or read a book and then like head back to like my next Get a sesh. tan. You know, yeah. I mean, fuck, I know. I wish we had the ocean so bad. Yeah. But uh, what kind of books do you like to read? Uh, right now I'm reading The Mastery of Love. And um, it's also like a segue off of The Four Agreements. Mm -hmm. So How yeah. good is The Mastery of Love? It's great. It's so good. Yeah. Harsh for some people to read probably. You read it? Yes. Yeah. And probably just like. Yeah, it's good. Man, I like expanding the mind. Yeah. You know, I like stretching. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like a mental stretch. Yeah, man. the oh. relationships are so fun to, I mean, to talk about with people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, what's the longest you've dated someone? Um, I had two five-and-a-half-year relationships when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And then I've been single for, like, ever since then, essentially. Like, I've dated people for, like, a few months here and there. But, yeah. Just grinding. Just Pretty single, yeah. Hell yeah. So you're But I was those essentially married twice, right? Oh, really? Without being married. Yeah. Right? I mean, when yeah. you're living with someone, you know, like everything's kind of merged and Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to go through the pain in the ass of going through the paperwork though. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Way better. Never had to do the paperwork. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you like kind of philosophy type books? Yes. Yes, I do. That's yes, pretty I cool. do. Yes. What kind of books um, do you like reading right now? Similar, similar books. Like I like this book Naval, uh, by Naval. You should read the book called uh, Awareness by Anthony DeMello. Ooh. You should check that one out. Ooh. I mean, I put a lot of people on that book, and it's fucking good. Okay. It's okay. really good. Yeah. You're writing a book? I have written two books. and then... With no ghostwriter? No, no ghostwriter. Damn. Yeah, just, just me and the laptop. Just you How know, many pages? Bop, 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 bop. Um, my first book was 100 pages, and the second one was like 120, but I never published the second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with your, do you just write when you feel like it? Uh, that's the problem. That's the fucking problem, dude. <laughs> the first book, I definitely just wrote when I felt like it. Mm -hmm. And it was like, if I'm thinking about like an actual timeline, it would have only taken me three months. Less than that. Mm -hmm. But because I was just like, nah, nah. Like it took me yeah. like a year. And I'm like, that shouldn't have taken that long. Because like when I sit down, man, like, man, I am in it like i just mm -hmm. i don't even have to i don't even struggle i just like just write you know but it's getting you there to sit down and do it it's just making that time yeah 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 i mean being a writer just such a fucking brutal job <gasps> just you... being able to sit there and write yeah 
Yeah. Have you ever done it? You ever no. written a book? No. You want to? Fuck. Maybe when I get a little smarter. <laughs> but not right now. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty cool. What Thank are your books you. called? Uh, Stripper Bible. Dang. Yes. What's it about? So the first one was a how-to. And that was um, explaining to dancers the kinds of things that my dad explained to me, actually. Because, like, I had someone who was guiding me through the industry. So I wrote this book to help girls make a lot of fucking money without compromising their morals and values. Dang, that's cool. Because a lot of girls, they go, I mean, probably a lot of girls unhealthy mentally get into the job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's like the first question I would ask them, because like I've trained, you know, thousands of girls and uh, they'll be like, I'll be like, oh, like what made you want to start dancing? Because for me, I started because I was like, oh, this is going to be so fun. I get to like jump around and have a good time and smile and make other people feel good. And that makes me feel good. But then like when I asked them like, oh, like, so what made you want to start dancing? They're like, oh, I want to make a lot of money. And I'm like, oh, you're fucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why are they fucked if they just want to make money? Man, because you're going to do whatever it takes to make that dollar. And there is so much tempting. I mean, I, every day I was like, you know, like swerving, like extra well, a, money. Yeah, well, if a guy unquote. says, I'll give you $500 to just give me a little tug. It's That's like, what I'm saying. And, and is, that, <laughs> is that illegal? So for you, you're like, oh, man, I just want a little tug. A little tug, <laughs> like, 500 bones. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you got to swerve it. And you got I swerve it. Mm-hmm. But and, and that you know what? And I never shame anyone who doesn't mm-hmm. because we all have a different um you know, a different level of what we are okay with. Mm-hmm. You know, like not everyone's okay with taking their top off. I'm okay with taking my top off, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like they shouldn't shame me and I'm okay with myself, but I'm not going to shame someone else either, you know? So did you get those those kind of I don't even really want to call it morals, morals, maybe. But did you learn that kind of from your dad? Yeah, yeah. He he taught you. And what, what kind of stuff did he say to say, hey, don't start getting into that? He never told me not to get into it. Oh. Yeah. He, he was so accepting of any decision that I made. And that was something that made me feel so comfortable with being completely myself all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Like I never felt like I had to like hide behind a wall or something. But um, what my dad said was like, he's like, hey, honey, think of some things that you would never do for money. He's like, don't do them. Simple. Mm-hmm. He's like, you can make so much money. And if he's like, don't ever be tempted and don't let people pressure you because the $100 right here, you could simply turn around and talk to another guy who's going to pay you double that amount of money mm-hmm. to n- not compromise yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was so true. Like yeah. I'd get paid, I'd get tipped so much money just because guys would try shit and I wouldn't let them. And then they'd like, like the fact that I stuck up for myself, oh, fuck, you know? Yeah. yeah they'd be sure. like, oh man, like you're awesome, you know? And, like, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So on a good night, say one of your best nights ever. Uh, dancing what would you roll out of there with on uh, my best night i made like 8k yeah like 5k um was like man like what the fuck you know so but it, on an average i made like a thousand like thousand dollars was like my average like a thousand like 1500 that was like my like norm mm-hmm. yeah. and were, was most of the coming uh money coming from dances oh yes dances and not stage stage quite a bit too huh? yeah yeah because i did a thing a little uh it was a. Uh, it was a thing for 
uh, fundraiser for kids where all this fight team did a little strip strip uh, tease Shut for some girls. Shut the freak up. Tell and me. I did it. What is this? Tell me. Tell me. You have to explain more. Uh, <laughs> I, I was super fucking nervous, but I just let it rip. <laughs> and I did good. I had the crowd, all the girls fucking howling. I made some good ones, but I think I made only $120 of ones. So I'm like, for you to make 8K, that's pretty you're probably at some balling clubs, though. I was at some club in Montana. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I was at, I definitely worked at some of, like, the best clubs in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I bet in Vegas, was that the one where you were making the most? Mm, actually, Cleveland, Ohio, I made the most money. Really? Yeah. And, like, you'd be surprised because it's not the guys that, like, it's not the clubs where people would expect You know, because it's always the clubs that, like, guys go there to not be seen. You know, like, guys go there to be Mm low-key. And, um, yeah, you know, then, like, they just want to be, like, secluded. Like, they want to go to the private room. And they just want to, like, tip you. And, yeah. And then just kind of talk and then just talk and just keep giving you money and <laughs> yeah and then they want to like eat lamb chops with you like and I'm just like there's been times when like I've been in rooms where there's like a ton of guys a ton of girls I'm just sitting there like eating lamb chops drinking champagne like pouring champagne on myself <laughs> working working like that's my job you know like yeah. take a champagne shower literally yeah. I remember my friend uh Lloyd Woodard brought me to this strip club in Portland Oregon called Acropolis it uh-huh. was like a steak joint uh-huh. And he was just up at the stage, just chomping on his steak, and the girl's like flopping her butt cheeks right in front of him. <laughs> yes. I was like, I was like a teenager, nineteen. I'm like, whoa, this is sweet. Yes. I'm cheering for him. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! So, what other kind of stuff is that? Uh, is your book about? That sounds pretty pretty interesting and a good read for girls. Yeah, that was. Um, I mean, that was the premise of the first book, you know. And there's like a lot of life principle takeaways from that you know like sales aspects how to treat people psychology um you know like how to like just be whole amongst all of that Mm -hmm. you know and then how to kind of like swerve a lot of other life situations so and but i mean i wrote it for entertainers and i feel like even now people look for the book and they want to purchase the book and i'm like Oh, it's not for the average person. Yeah. Like it's literally geared towards strippers. Uh, but I mean, if you want to buy it, I'll sell it to you. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know what interest you have in reading it. So then that's actually what inspired me to write the second book, which I finished but never published, mm-hmm. which was um, Stripper, Bu- Stripper Bible Public Edition. And that was an insight to the industry. So this is what people think it is. This is what it truly is. And here's why everybody thinks it is this way, you know, because mm-hmm. there are a lot of truths to people's perceptions, but also it's not always what you think. Yeah. So when you want to go dance at another uh, place for the night or something, who uh-huh. do you hit up? How do you how do you go about getting in there? I mean, I'm just a boss ass bitch. So I just uh-huh. fucking stroll my ass right in or there. You, like, <laughs> you, you just walk in and say, hey, I'm dancing tonight. Yeah, no, um, you have to audition no matter what oh. club that you go to. So you always have to go in early and you have to look a dime when you show up. And dance for the owner. And dance for, you know, the owner, the staff, whoever. Yes. Mm. Yes. There's been a lot of different types of situations. Dude, like, I bet. Man, like I remember one time I walked into a club and so now I'm like standing in the manager's office and he's like, all right, strip down naked. I'm like, oh, fuck. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> And you just got to do it, right? That's the part of the audition. Uh-huh. You know, it's so like you just like get down and then he's like, all right, turn around. 
And I'll just turn around and circle. He's like, all right, put your clothes back on. And like, that was the audition. <laughs> but then there's like other times where like I've gone out there and I've had to put on like a full on high level performance and still not gotten the job. You oh, know? Dang. Yeah. So maybe you just weren't ratchet enough. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. You know, maybe. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, what's the vibe? I don't know the vibe. Let me watch the other girls for a second. Uh-huh. But they don't give you that opportunity. Uh-huh. You know, like you walk in and I mean, I have like every dance style in the book. You know, like my dad taught me that. Mm-hmm. He's like a good entertainer can dance to anything. And so don't ever like lock yourself into a style. So I didn't, you know, but um, yeah, sometimes I just didn't have the right vibe for that particular club, you know. Dang, your parents seem pretty cool. What are they doing now? Yeah, um, my mom is still in Ohio. So she works in a factory, uh, mm-hmm. very, you know, she's awesome. But my dad um, was my best friend in the whole world, man. So, and uh, he unfortunately passed. And that was a big, like, driver for me to, like, take fighting full force. Mm -hmm. Because he was such a fan. You know, Mm -hmm. like, he loved what I did. He thought it was the coolest freaking thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, after he passed, it was like... You know, this is this is the line in the sand for me. Like, I'm either going to stop or I'm going to go like 100% and be a freaking professional at this and take this very freaking seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's freaking awesome. Thanks. Yeah, so awesome. Because you, so you had your debut fight um, at what age? I mean, I started fighting at 21, you know, so you but tr- I started fighting Muay Thai. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Kickboxing stuff. 21. <clears throat> how many amateur fights do you have? Uh, MMA wise, I went six and one. Sweet. Six and one. And then you were, uh, amateur for how long? A lot of years. Um, and so I took a four year layoff in between. Oh, 2012, 2017. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got the, you got the topology up there. Is that what uh, you got? Sure dog. <laughs> sure dog. Got it. Yep. Yeah. So from when I started fighting and then I took some time off after the Caitlin Chikagan fight and it wasn't because I like that fight. Oh my gosh, dude, I fought her as an amateur, right? And we did a catch weight at 120, and it got stopped in the third round because I was still fighting and the ref literally couldn't handle the damage that I was going through. Like, like I was, yeah. I was, I'm a gamer, bro. Yeah. Like I'm in that shit. And so after that, no one would like, I feel like girls wouldn't take a fight with me. You know, it's like, I get ready, I get ready, I get ready. Nothing happened. I get ready. Nothing would happen. So I was like, you know what? If I'm getting ready for something, I at least want to freaking compete. Yeah. So that's when I started doing jujitsu and taking mm-hmm. that full go. Cause I'm like jujitsu, there's like eight, 12 girls, however, in a tournament, like, I'm fighting people, Yeah, you know? You're getting your workout I'm in. I'm getting my workout in. Uh-huh. Like, I'm getting to compete. So I took four years to travel the world and just, like, get in the gi. And- so as an amateur from the 2012-2017, it was just kind of a hobby and you were still dancing at the same time? I was dancing up until my last UFC fight. Oh, really? Yeah. At a, just a local club? Yeah, here in Phoenix. Which club? Yeah. I was dancing at Highlighter. Okay, I've heard yeah, of that. I've yeah, heard of that. yeah. I don't like I, I don't like the vibe in Phoenix as much as I loved, you know, like being at like the like higher caliber clubs. But it, what's the vibe in Phoenix more? It's just it's like it's not super big here, is it's it? It's not glamorous. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that's and that's what I liked, mm-hmm. you know, and that's okay. But I was here to train. Yeah. I came here to freaking train. Mm-hmm. You know, and I came here to get the get the job done as a fighter. How did so. you find fight ready? I found Fight Ready during the pandemic. Um, So, I mean, I came out here back in 2016. Uh, At the time, I was training for WWE. 
Um, and I was about to go out for the trials for that. Mm-hmm. And I was like going over there, kind of doing some fun stuff, some jujitsu, some rules. But when the pandemic hit at the time, I was in L.A. And everything shut down. Uh, Vegas was shut down because I was working in Vegas and training in L.A. I couldn't train anywhere. I couldn't dance anywhere. So I heard that Phoenix had opened up. And I just moseyed on out here for a little bit. So Vegas, Extreme Couture, all those places, syndicate, they were all shut down too? I didn't train. I don't train MMA in Vegas, but I was going to Vegas to do jujitsu sometimes. But I went there to work. I worked in Vegas. Mm. And then I was, uh, so I'd work on the weekends and dance as a stripper out there. Mm. And then I was training full time in LA. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there was a lot of commuting. I'd commute every single weekend. And then you heard Phoenix was open and then you just Googled MMA gyms? Yeah. I Googled strip clubs. And when I was out here, I remembered about Fight Ready. So I popped over to Fight Ready and I met Santino mm-hmm. and he, they like let me train a little bit. And I stayed out here for just like a few weeks, you know, like got my bread up, went back over to LA. And then I was like, man, that was a good gym, you know, and pandemic was still happening over there and i was like man forget this i'm out you know mm-hmm. like i'm done i'm done just packed all your shit put it in a car packed all my shit i hit up santino i was like hey can i come train with you guys he's like sure i was like cool see you tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah damn sweet yeah so you're liking it here in phoenix yeah so far so awesome and then who who are you really working with coaching wise santino and eddie cha or just kind of the all the coaches just kind of all the coaches out there yeah santino mainly santino and angel Mm -hmm. um eddie a little bit and then uh one of like my old teammates kyle estrada who's also like a fighter and stuff Mm -hmm. so he helps me a lot with my striking and is the rent way different Uh, Like, what were you paying in L.A.? Were you just living by yourself there, too? Yeah, yeah. I was paying, like, uh, no, I had a bunch of roommates out there. So, um, like, kept the the rent down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, the rent was only, like, about, like, eight, nine hundred out there. And, Mm. yeah. I live at a pretty nice place out here. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Scottsdale's nice. Scottsdale's nice, too. It just has so so much good organic food. This side of town's slowly growing, but there's just not near as much good food as Scottsdale. Yeah. It's a little bit more old school, old folks home out here, yeah. which is which is good. You Keeps got the retired focused. people out here, you know. Yeah. yeah, there's not tons of chicks, which is good. Uh, yeah, I like it out here. Mm-hmm. Did you see what happened yesterday in Texas? No, but uh, Cisco over here was telling me about that. What happened? Yeah, it just wasn't good. Uh, <laughs> let me read here a little bit. It's just fuck, dude. I just can't believe like. Uh, Mother of Texas elementary school shooter claims her son, 18, was not a violent person, but was a loner as she keeps a vigil mother's side. Uh, this kid went into a school. I guess he was a loner, picked on, and he went and fucking shot it up. Jesus, oh, man. I, th- I think shot his mom and killed 16 people. Jesus, oh, man. Like, holy fuck. You can't even, I mean, he didn't create himself. No. He didn't create himself. So was it just bullying that caused him to do this? Was he molested as a kid? Or what kind of shit happened as a kid? Because it's hard to just be so mad at that. But I can't even imagine getting that call. Hey, your four or five-year-old got shot at school. That starts at home. You know, I I believe (sighs) because it's like to be so socially awkward at school, to not be able to make friends, to not have any sort of ability – in like social settings that starts because of like the confidence that you get in the household 
you know i believe yeah i mean who's to really say you mm-hmm. know like how do you create a psycho i mean i don't know but i'm gonna say that that starts at the in the household you know and yeah. like bad parenting or you know neglect um, yeah it says the more mother- trauma oh yeah 100 percent. you know the mother of the six school shooter who shot dead 19 children and two teachers in texas has mm. claimed he wasn't a violent person uh, his mom said she was surprised Salvador Ramos opened fire in a horrific killing spree. She admitted her son was a loner who kept to himself and didn't have many friends, but shot down claims she had a toxic relationship. It's like, who knows what these kids are into online, too, and mm-hmm. what kind of groups they're into and what kind of influence they have. Yes. But in an exclusive interview, she did not address claims she was a drug addict who saw the boy leave her and go to live with his grandmother. Okay, so his mom was a drug addict. Mm-hmm. That makes a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. He had earlier bought two AR-15 assault rifles, bragged about them on social media, and suggested he would commit an atrocity before the deadly attack. But earlier today, Ramos' grandfather revealed the family had no idea he legally purchased the two weapons. Damn, so he's just a young buck and he can go buy those ARs. Legally. That Fuck. was a very that was a very important word right there. Yeah. Like, at least those should be maybe monitored a little bit harder yeah absolutely yeah the fact that a kid can go out there and just get stuff like that you know yeah so you wonder what kind of stuff's going to change are they going to change anything i mean what could you do you could make it you could make security like the fucking airport Mm -hmm. but then i mean do you have money and how old is this kid again how old is he was six no, we can't be sixteen. So how old? 18. So how long Plans is this kid 18. going through school with these types of issues? And you know, I mean, teachers are not parents. Teachers have their own job to do, you know, and they have a classroom full of thirty kids and all of that. But it's like nobody noticed this kid all these years, yeah. you know, like nobody noticed that he had some issues and mm-hmm. maybe needed someone to talk to and pull them aside. And is that a society thing too? Like, should we all be accountable? You know, like if you see someone like go up and ask them like, hey, man, you doing all right? Like, how's everything going? You know, like, man, I'm sure it's hard in schools. I mean, with schools that the teachers are paid fucking shit. (laughs) Literally. All the kids are just little shitheads. Mm -hmm. So it's probably fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But still, like, what the hell do you do? Yeah. Yeah. So do you uh, do you have any sort of meditation practice you do? Uh, Man, I go to church. Every, every Sunday, Uh like I'm there and that's like a me thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and going back to like something like this, you know, like I see people in church all the freaking time where it's like, dude, like, oh, like I can just see how freaking sad you are and how in trouble you are right now. Like emotionally, Mm -hmm. like I read it all over you and I, I go up to these people. I just give them hugs, man. Mm -hmm. And I let them cry, Mm -hmm. you know? And then like I hold their hands and I pray for them and stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, like I just like give them power and like talk to them for a second. Like look at them eye to eye, like, cause people need that. Like we need that connection, you know? And like, there's so much lacking out there and people got to step up a little bit you know and like we gotta freaking be there for each other like if you think about it like prison the worst thing that you can do to somebody is put them in isolation that's the absolute worst punishment that you could give someone is isolate them so situations like this like can you imagine being in a room full of people but yet feeling so isolated until you're 18 years old you know and that's how situations like that are born you know Mm -hmm. like we gotta be the people to reach out and i know that you know as a jujitsu black belt 
you know, and as an instructor and all of that, like you kind of see that a lot with people and you help so many freaking people in ways even outside of the mats, mm -hmm. you know, where like you're like there for them mm -hmm. in ways that you're like, man, like I, I was just coming to teach, but now here I am. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How many times does that happen with you? I mean, quite a bit, but even with the podcast and stuff, influencing people to just start eating healthy and start taking care of themselves yeah. and start sleeping good and start yeah. staying hydrated and actually like take care of themselves. Um, that's, I mean, that's not why I started the podcast, but kind of, and I mean, I get a lot of feedback that's helped a lot of people and I've just learned it from other people and given it back, mm -hmm. but like just eating healthy and sleeping good. And, um, I mean, all the things I mentioned are so fucking important and, and not taught usually anywhere, Isn't not it taught crazy? usually anywhere. The simplest things, the simplest things, eat right, drink your water, go to sleep, man, yeah. you'd be surprised at what, what a difference that makes in your whole life, you know? God damn, for real, <laughs> for real. So what else do you got going on today? Today, um, what day is it? Wednesday, man, Wednesday's that day of the week where like, by the time I get to Wednesday, I'm like, oh. It's only the middle of the week. Yeah. What the fuck? Because yeah. how many sessions do you think you're getting in a week? Um, About 18 to 20. Is that too much? I mean, <laughs> it, if those sessions are quality sessions, then no. Uh, yeah. But if those sessions are like, if you're going into them broke down and half-assing them, I'd say it's too much. Right, right. Well, and there's a good ebb and flow, you know? Like, my mm -hmm. sessions are kind of like a heartbeat. Like, some of them are like you know, gas pedal, like full rev, like red line. And then you got to bring it back a little bit. You know, you got to do some green line workouts, right? Mm -hmm. Like you got to do some technique. You got to do some like, all right, like we just flowing today. Mm -hmm. You know, we're learning some stuff. Yeah. And then the next sesh you go in and maybe, you know, it's not quite red line, you know, like you're a little bit in the orange, you know, like you're vibing. And then like you do some cardio work and you got to make sure you hit the sauna in between. I wish I had a cold plunge. Like, Get you one. know, yeah, I do meditate a lot. So it's like there's a good like up and down in my schedule. Do you track your sleep? Do you have the aura ring? I do have the aura ring. How long yes. have you been using it? I've been using it. Um, I used it my whole last camp and then I lost the aura ring mm -hmm. then I had to buy another aura ring mm -hmm. and then now I'm using the aura ring again and I track everything and well the uh, UFC sent you send you it right they send you one okay yeah and then when we you lose say you them, lost it <laughs> we gotta get another one you know yeah <laughs> I should I should be like it got crushed by a car yeah so I love I love my aura ring Hell yeah. yeah yeah when did you start meditating I started meditating um like six months ago and did you just read about it and you're like hmm this seems pretty powerful and just started i've always wanted to know how to meditate so like i and then recently i was reading a book um think like a monk you know by uh jay shetty and towards the end of the book he he talks about meditation and i've always prayed and i was like man like it just seems like a solid concept let mm -hmm. me try this and it was like so hard man do you meditate yeah every day Probably for about four years now. I was the same. I, I, I kind of read it in Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss and Tribe of Mentors. All these powerful people. Every single chapter, every different person said that and how powerful it was and how it changed their life. So I was like, there's got to be something to it. Yeah. So I started with the Headspace app and then I started doing the Sam Harris app. He's this uh, neuroscientist who talks you through. He's a meditation like expert too. And he talks you through it, puts you through a program. And I mean... It's changed my life a lot. Wow. In a lot of a lot of different ways. Um changed my relationships. Um it's just changed the way 
when something happens that I can kind of choose my reaction and kind of sit back and look at it compared to just going off impulse and just fucking acting however I want. And it's just so many different ways with my relationships and everything. Interesting. Uh, what's your, what's your kind of schedule with it? Yeah. In the mornings I usually do it. I mean, 10 minutes and then try to find time throughout the day when I'm just sitting there and just do it again. Yeah. What about you? Me? I, I meditate at nighttime. And I want to implement it more during the daytime. But, you know, nighttime is the time where I'm like, all right, I'm done. I can decompress because I'm so freaking high rev all day, mm -hmm. you know. So um, I, I get home. I, I relax. I, re I try to read in between on my uh, breaks with the gym. But, yeah, and meditating is hard for me because I, I, it's hard for me to focus. I think for everyone. I is think, it? I think for Does everyone. Does it get easier? Tell me it gets I would, easier, I wouldn't man. say it gets easier, but it's just, I mean <laughs> – you get kind of more familiar with, okay, I had a thought. Okay, that's, that's okay. Accept that thought. Go back to your breathing. Okay. Okay, I had a thought. You're always going to be doing that still, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. Um, the UFC, they had, um, they've tested me for a lot of different things. And you got the records. Of almost everything. Literally. It's crazy. It, in <laughs> your weight class. In my weight class and in overall females. Dang. Yeah. Like, strength, speed. Strength, speed, agility, even focus. So really? this one, when it comes to meditating, is something that um, I should be better at. But maybe because I meditate, I, I got this record. Um, they, they put like a thing around your head, right? Mm -hmm. And they can measure how intensely you're focusing and for how long you're focusing. So there's mm -hmm. like this thing and like um, most people, I guess, only got to about 20 seconds. Was like that's, That was like you're crushing it. You know, you can focus for 20 seconds. And then a thought comes in. And then a thought comes yeah. in. Yeah. For me, I focused for about a minute. And they were like, whoa, how did you do that? So, And that was in a perfect environment, mm -hmm. right? No, I think that the perfect environment I got about like 35 seconds. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Silent. You know, just sit there focused. The second time we did it, he was like throwing things at me, like moving stuff around the room, making a lot of noise, jumping around. And that's when I focused for a full minute. I actually focused better amongst chaos than I did in complete silence. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. That's pretty cool. So when you're performing in, I mean, what's the biggest, you performed in front of a big crowd for what fight? For your most recent one? Yes, that's correct. And that was a big crowd. Did you feel pretty, when the fight started, you felt pretty in the moment there, all oh, yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Which is hard for people, especially their first fight in front of 15, 20,000 people yelling in one area. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for people to just stay in that moment and think about what's in front of him. So, but being a performer, liking to perform. I love it. I mean, that's how Sugar is too. He just, yeah. he performs better when the lights are on him and, and it's chaotic. Yeah. That's when he's most calm and most in the zone, which yeah. is super powerful. I get to show off, man. Hell yeah. Like I like work so hard for this. Like like let me show you what I'm let me show you what I've learned. Like yeah. Uh, yeah, like that's like when I get to have fun, you know? Like training, that's the job. The job is training. The fight for me, that's when I get to like go out there and just like show off, man. Yeah. That's when I get to be me. Like mm -hmm. I feel more pressure sometimes during sparring than I do when I'm fighting. Because you're sparring a fresh person each round or what's the pressure? The pressure is like I'm trying to do all of the things that I've learned 
and like implement them and like put mm-hmm. everything like into practice into practice and it's more reps more reps and I feel like I'm like man like I gotta do this right I gotta do this. and then when I'm fighting it's like I don't give a fuck Just like I'm fucking here man like this is the time <laughs> like yeah <laughs> animalistic instincts and that's why I did all the reps mm-hmm. so that I can have this moment Just you let know it go. let it fucking go so June 25th, you're fighting Jin Yu Frey, huh? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. What do you think about her? Uh, yeah, she's uh, she she's a smart cookie, man. Um, she's got a pretty decent fight IQ. So uh, you know, two fight win streak. Two fight win streak. Mm-hmm. Um, she lost her first two fights in the UFC, and she comes up to 115. She used to be a 105er. So I'm going to assume that she's probably going to be a little bit smaller in general mm-hmm. than me. But when we walk into the cage, I mean, we both, you know, step on the scale in 115. And she's pretty stacked for Is her she? size, you know. Yeah, like she doesn't look like she's like, man, like, oh, oh I got to go up a weight class. Like mm-hmm. she looks like she belongs at 115. Yeah, I was impressed watching your train jujitsu. I'm like, pretty strong, like, <laughs> really strong. Your legs are strong, and you have good jujitsu. So, look forward to watching the fight. Thank you, thank you. Kind of um, love jujitsu, man. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. It's hard not to. Okay, guys, that's the episode. Uh, go follow Crystal Demopolis Vanessa on Instagram and uh, check out her stuff and YouTube. And YouTube, and you just started a new YouTube. Right? I did start a new YouTube channel. We'll put it in the in the link of the bio. Yeah, little monster. Sweet. Are you just going to vlog your days? That's right. That's what we're doing. Vlog your yeah, training camps? Yeah. A lot of lifestyle. Yeah. Hell yeah. Sweet. Sweet. So this episode is sponsored by Red, uh, patreon.com slash Red Hawk Academy. Um, I'm going to start doing a solo vid there every week, and it's going to have uh, different topics. Um, a bunch of stuff's going on there. If you guys want to support the pod, like and subscribe. Um, all right. Love you all. Peace. Be amazing. Be amazing.